Welcome to Brand Appeal, where we talk about brand storytelling in the digital age. I'm your host, Shannon Peel, and today I talked with Brian Gregory about my favorite topic, advertising. If you are a business owner, a professional, or just interested in advertising, this episode is for you. So continue to listen so that you can learn why you buy what you buy when you buy it. Brian, thank you very much for joining me today on Brand Appeal. And I have one question for you. What do you want to be known for? Oh, wow. Only one thing. Gee, there's... That's the one question I start with. And then from there, it's all downhill. (laughs) I think if uh, we could be known for one thing, it would be to create a renewed interest in emotions as drivers of human behavior. In other words, rather than everybody just saying, yes, emotions are important, we show you exactly which ones and how. So we get a little more specific and it helps people. So hopefully we're sort of a creator of a new vision or new form of thought in in marketing. I think that'd be a wonderful thing to be known for. Wow. So emotion and marketing are very intertwined. And the people that really understand marketing are really good at it, understand how to relay messages or create content that triggers the right emotional response. Yeah, you're absolutely correct. If you're skilled in this discipline, let's call it an, an, it's really an art form. uh, You're probably making a lot of money working for a big agency. And if you're in need of this kind of service, you want somebody to help you with your marketing, you are going to probably spend a lot of money to get access to somebody who really knows what they're doing, because it's not a a field where there's millions of people just succeeding left and right in. It's just the opposite. Mm -hmm. And so we try to become that third party that can step in and save you a, a pile of money, because it is crazy how we respond as humans. We think logically so much that I need to talk about logic and I need to talk about the features and the benefits and the nuts and the bolts of my brand when actually it's just the opposite. You just need to trigger some basic human emotions. Your brand's going to be just fine. But unless somebody showed you those levers and those buttons to push, it would probably not work for you. And you'd be very frustrated with advertising and marketing. You'd say, I don't like this. It doesn't work. And hopefully we prevent that. Yes, because a lot of times people say it doesn't work. And it's not that it doesn't work. It doesn't work the way that you're doing it. <laughs> because if it didn't work, it would not exist. Yeah, it's uh, it, all the most popular ads in history worked. And in fact, every time they're repackaged, repurposed, they work again. Mm-hmm. So there are formulas that humans love, and uh, we go through a lot of them in our teachings. But just to luck into them, as some of the biggest brands in the world did, I'm sure that they just got lucky, had a great commercial. All of a sudden, sales are pouring in. They can't figure out why, but they're not going to change it because it's finally working for us. But the small business person has less access to that kind of brilliant creative. So they get disappointed and they think marketing doesn't work for me. It's not that it doesn't work. It doesn't work for me. That's even worse. You know, you're some special case in the in the universe. Your brand doesn't deserve to be sold well. And you can be quite defeatist until you figure out how simple it really is. Have you been reading my blog posts? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I I think great minds think alike, right? Well, I'm thinking here, hmm, 
hmm, you're talking about me. I meet a lot of people. And I got my start in this in the magazine business. I was selling ads and I've sold about 3,000 ads. And one day I woke up and I realized, hey, there's only 100 in my magazine. What happened to the other 2,900 people over the last 15 years? Where are they? Well, the ads didn't work, obviously, or they'd still be in there. You realize how many ads on a small business, Main Street USA level are failing because we don't coach them and they just run whatever ad they think is good for their business. They're doing the best they can and it, it doesn't work. And I got so frustrated with people canceling their ad campaigns in my magazines that I decided to help them. And when I started to help them, the ads did better, mm-hmm. but I couldn't help them all. So that's where Edmanity came from, the, uh, the ability to create an online algorithm that would do this so that I wouldn't have to personally sit down and coach each one. But it all came out of that altruistic and somewhat greedy motivation. You know, I want to help you because I'm losing money on these people who are canceling only because they don't know what to put in the ad. Mm-hmm. Well, because I used to sell advertising in the phone book and in magazines and on other platforms, online platforms as well. A lot of times I would show an ad or I would do a spec ad. I would create my own spec ads. By the time they had rewritten it, redone it, done it to the way that they thought it should be, it was, of course, it wasn't going to work, but they wouldn't pay for what I showed them. Yeah, we run into this as professional coaches. And I think if if you're a coach out there, I don't care what kind of business teaching you're, you're trying to do, you run into the people who say, well, that's not the way we do it around here, or we've always done it this way, or this is our color. We always use this color just because they, they've always done it. And so they've change is hard uh, for most people. It's hard to convince people to change. And the coach sits there and says, I think this is the better way for you to do it. Trust me. That's why you hired me. And the person's over there shivering, resisting the change because they just aren't quite convinced that the coach over here has got all the answers. We step in and say, here's the answers, coach. Here's the answers, client. This is what works. And we can defend this over and over again in actual market practice. You can look these ads up yourself. There's a reason they worked and they still work to this day. It's hard to be a coach without some form of curriculum that helps you justify some of the wonderful things you can do. Yeah, it gets frustrating when you spend a lot of time researching and reading and learning and becoming an expert in your field, but your field is one of those fields where everyone has an opinion. Yeah. Advertising, marketing, branding, copywriting, even Um, I call it a wiggly art form because you're right. Everybody has an, an opinion. Opinions seem to sound a lot like facts when that's all you have is opinions. Everyone's doing their best they can, but trying to carve out a niche for themselves in this weird art form where ideas come out of the ether, really, the creative process, who can really describe it? And sometimes it's right on the money and it's like, wow, my subconscious is a genius. Thank you, universe. And other times it's a blank piece of paper. Why can't I come up with an idea for this plumbing ad? I just can't come up with it. I just don't get it. The strategies and the tactics and the formulas are all known. It's just that Nobody bothered to write them all down for us. Unfortunately, the sacred scrolls are not to be found. And that's why we created that vanity so that we could sort of say, here they are. Look over here. <laughs> we'll get to that just a little bit. I just have to think, talk about a little bit more about your world of 
in advertising and how advertising has changed over the years from when you were selling into magazines. Were they print magazines or digital magazines? At the time, it was mostly all print. The print industry resists digital to this day. They wish they could go back to the old days where it was all print because let's face it, print makes a lot of money when it's done right. And so it's been it's been hard for the in the print industry to convert to digital forms of advertising. So back then, it was mostly all I did was print. You know, the magazines were all over town. You picked them up. It's a great business if you understand how to do it and mm-hmm. help people with it. But today, yeah. technology has turned into the new craze, right? And we all want to go on social media, post one great ad and become a billionaire because we're so popular as a result. And targeting has become the buzzword. You know, got to target, 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 find the guy who eats Taco Bell on a Thursday, who brings his dog and wears a red hat. And then when you find that guy, what are you going to say to him? That's where we come in. Because even though you can target down to the ridiculous granular level, you still have to trigger an emotion to get that person to buy. Otherwise, just finding him is this sort of like a waste of time, a waste of money until you understand what to motivate what motivates them to take action. And it's the interesting thing, Shannon, it is it's the same thing that motivated them to take action a hundred years ago. Mm-hmm. The emotions of humanity haven't changed one slight bit. We still like puppies. We still like babies. Uh, we all know what hunger is. We all know what a, a frosty mug of beer looks like at 459. <laughs> we right. haven't changed. I always say sometimes part of, part of Edmanity is really high tech and cool. We're this cool tech company that can analyze your brand in five minutes. Boom, you got all the answers. But we're also teaching primal, knuckle-dragging, caveman emotionality because that's what drives humanity. Humanity isn't that brilliant at the emotional level. It's it's more reactive. You, You get the stimulus, you get the emotion. Another stimulus, you get the emotion. And that's kind of the way it works. We don't think about it. It's not highly cognitive. You're cognitive. Like we're using our conscious minds here to to chat, having an intellectual conversation, but you decided whether you liked me 30 seconds into my, you know, my speech. Well, uh, you're still talking. I'm still asking you questions. So this is a good sign. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I haven't got the hook. (laughs) No, 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 leave. No. delete. Yeah. Because what you're talking about now is how do we connect as individuals and how do we connect as people? Because what you're doing and what you're talking about, it really is utilizing emotion to trigger a feeling of connection with somebody through an ad or through online. But even then, whether or not we're talking as we are right now on Zoom or you write or it's like someone connects with one of my novels, whatever that connection is. How do we click with some people or why do we click with some people and not click with others? And well, it's a, it's a, that's a great question because of course we're all unique. I always say humans are like snowflakes. Yes. We're all one in a million. We're all unique and individual. We're all wonderful in our own ways, but we're all made out of snow. Sell to the snow. If you sell to the snow and not the snowflake, you're going to get a common reaction in people. In other words, why do they start an ad campaign in New York and it rolls across the entire country, every size city and 
type of person imaginable watching TV. And it works on all of them because they're selling to the snow. They're not selling to the highly individual nature of humankind. They're selling to the things that we all share in common, simple, basic, primal emotions. And that's why those ad campaigns can work all over the world, really. Which is really different than what you were saying before, where you're looking for that that guy sitting at Taco Bell on a Thursday with a red hat. That's very specific. And there's only so many of those people and you have to be able to talk to them in the way that they like to be talked to when they want to be talked to. And yet uh, digital marketing says, oh, that's the only way to do it. Yet, like you said, we've been selling to snow for years and that worked just fine. Yeah, we should digitally be careful what we wish for. We type in all these wonderful attributes into the digital computer, the algorithms, and it says, hey, there's your guy. He's got a red hat. What do you want to say to him? And then you say something like, I notice you're in Taco Bell right now, and I love your hat. And he's creeped out. Who's looking at me? Who knows this much about me? When he would have been happier to just see an ad for happy people eating tacos. And so you can overdo the customization of your message and drive people away. And what we've found is that the basic, simple stuff still works the best. Skittles wants you to taste the rainbow. That's stupid. You can't taste the rainbow. No one can taste the rainbow. Doesn't hurt Skittles sales at all because your subconscious believes there might be a rainbow somewhere I could taste. Our caveman brain versus our intellectual brain. The caveman is the one with the credit card. Our intellectual brain hasn't bought anything in our entire lives, and it never will. It will organize the facts, but it will not make the decision. The caveman makes the choice. And so we must appeal in our ad campaigns and our marketing and our emails and our social media and our funnels and all this stuff we got that makes tech our our world. You still have to sell to the caveman, sell to the snow, because those are the primal emotions. There's 15 of them, by the way, that we found that sell everything on planet Earth the 15 emotions of that vanity. And you'll find them in all the biggest, most successful ads every single time, because it's what humans seem to like. Mm -hmm. Well, we've had the same story structure since at least ancient Greece, when they were talking about the classic hero and the the three parts, all of Mm -hmm. those different story structures that we have. That's story structure for Star Wars, Harry Potter, Lord of the Rings, uh, whatever movie or show is absolutely popular right at this moment, that story structure is exactly the same as what they were doing in ancient Greece and before. And it's just such a good point, Shannon, because and it, it doesn't stop with just stories. Mm-hmm. Let me throw another curveball. Every game show is the exact same emotional formula. Every sitcom you've ever watched, and there's been thousands of those, same formula. Products that sell on infomercial. There's a formula to an infomercial. We all know this. You get there and you're like, okay, here's here. here, We're going to get two for one. Watch the offer. Oh, you're going to get an extra one free. We know it's coming. Mm -hmm. And yet it still works. So everything is formula. And I know I don't want to sound like we're all robots being programmed, but there are certain things. James Bond is a formula. Why do we still like James Bond? Why do we like Fast and Furious? How many of them are they going to make mm-hmm. until we stop liking them? They'll make yeah. them forever. It's the same story over and over and over again. We get we get yeah. vested into the character and we want to know what happens to them next, even though they have the same exact experience. They, you know, characters like James Bond and Sherlock Holmes and you know so any Potter. superhero that you can think of well yeah. Harry, Potter, Harry Potter's a little, a little different but 
those characters remain the same from the beginning to the end. Sherlock Holmes is whether or not you have Sherlock Holmes today or Sherlock Holmes back in the 1800s is he doesn't grow as a person. He doesn't grow as a character. He doesn't really learn anything to change. Now Harry Potter does grow and learn and and well because he grows up. That's 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 a whole different type of thing. If he had been an adult at the beginning, he probably would have remained static as well. But we still want to know what is going to happen or what is that character that we know that never changes and we know what decisions they're going to make. We know that they're going to end up with the girl. Mm-hmm. We want to know the journey. We want to know what happens between the beginning and the end. We're there for the journey. Yet it's... in our businesses and with our advertising and with our marketing and our messaging, we want to get to the end. It's like, okay, we don't want to deal with the journey. We just want people to buy. We just want people to buy. And we're not they're not willing to take people through that journey with their brand to step back and say, okay, look, we can't just go buy, 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 buy. There's a journey, there's a process, but we are so impatient, desperate. A lot of things are desperate. A lot of small businesses out there need that sale. So they don't have the time for a customer to go through a journey. You know, there's that old saying, if you don't have the time to do it right, when will you find the time to do it over uh, comes to mind because I've seen so many small businesses create ridiculously unproductive ad campaigns and mean well every step of the way. They really tried to do it and they did the best they could, but it's not going to work because they don't understand human emotionality. There's a reason Skittles just says, taste the rainbow. It's so stupid. You can't mistake what they're saying. If they were to tell you all the reasons why Skittles taste better than the other brands, they'd bore you to tears. What you're talking about is the subconscious desire level of of our minds. You know, like uh, if you have kids, say you're a parent and you got a five-year-old and they're watching Frozen or Dora the Explorer or whatever, something over and over and over and same one, right? It's driving you mental because they're just not moving to the next episode. They just like this and they'll watch it forever. That's highly subconscious behavior. Very entertained, believing everything you see, absolutely not questioning anything. And just in the moment with it, that kids are very subconscious. And as children, uh, we're mostly subconscious. That's why they do that. And as we get older, we like to fall into the same patterns when we can. We love a good show. We love a good game show. We love a good diversion that allows us to be kids again. We're all jumping on the bed metaphorically when we're watching one of our favorite shows. And, And so in advertising, commercials and whatnot are just like little mini shows. That's all they really are. They're over in 30 seconds. They're fast, but they're the same idea. Trigger, trigger, emotion. Get out of town before anybody objects. Trigger, trigger, emotion. Keep doing it and repeating it over and over. That's what the subconscious likes. It actually prefers that. Mm -hmm. It likes what it's already familiar with. It doesn't like what is new and weird. So it wants to compare that commercial to something comfortable like tasting the rainbow or Geico having a, a lovable lizard make us laugh. Um, you know, yeah. things that can't hurt, hurt us. And so you get to this level of advertising and you, you realize what I want to put in the ad is completely different than what should be in that ad. If that I want to make a sale. That happens all the time. And that's why when you're dealing with a, a client, now, don't get me wrong. Clients are great. We love them because they, you know, they pay us money. But if you as a client out there, listener, if you as a client out there, don't trust what the professional is telling you what to do with your ad or your marketing or your story or anything. Maybe you have to go find someone else because 
that person, if you were paying that person to be an expert and you don't trust them to be an expert and you're second guessing them, you obviously don't feel comfortable with them. Yeah, it's a big problem. I mean, change. If you're a coach, you have two things you have to change. One, you have to change that person's perception that they can change and adapt to this new form of thinking, whatever the, the program is. And two, that you're the person that can do it. So they have to embrace both of those concepts for you to be a successful coach. And that's what we do at Edmanit is we say, okay, coach, client, let's all sit down at the table. We're going to take this little online test together. Okay. This is how we're going to do it. And client is going to take the test there by their own hand will create the curriculum that will run their company for the next 20 years. And coach is just going to be there to make sure it all gets done and to guide them through the jungle, but the decisions are already made. So we think we're helping coaches a lot by giving them that structure and belief system that they can now go out and have a productive career with this person instead of, like you say, all this second guessing doubt. I don't know, woulda, coulda, shoulda, uh, but you gotta start somewhere. And we start with the facts. The facts are these emotions sell stuff. These are the facts. These are the emotions for your brand. Why don't we start using these? Mm-hmm. And you might really start to enjoy advertising. That thing you hate so much, the thing you think is out to get you, that bully that takes your lunch money and punches you in the nose every time you run an ad, that is not going to happen anymore. Mm-hmm. And the coach becomes your, your, your mentor and your friend who, who works with you through this stuff as opposed to this teacher who dictates yes. how it's got to be, right? Yeah, because really, when you're talking about coaches and coaching, um, you're they're the guide. They're the person that is your support. They're the, your soundboard. They're your accountability person. They're not meant to tell you what to do. You know, a lot of times people don't really understand what someone does. So if I don't really understand what the role of a coach is. I'm going to have assumptions and preconceptions and expectations that aren't being met because the communication wasn't there. If I think that a coach is the answer to all my prayers and it's going to tell me how to run my business and I'm going to make all this money, but I haven't communicated that, then I'm going to get into a little bit of trouble. So it's very important for coaches to have that talk with people to say, this is who I am. This is what you I do. This is what you can expect from me. And is this what you want? And then that conversation has to happen up front. Yeah. You have to set the expectations in a reasonable place and then hopefully exceed them. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and every coach does it differently, but you have to do that because understand the person who's hiring you probably has more fear in them than confidence mm-hmm. has more doubt than belief. Cause let's face it. If I could do this, I'd have done it already. So I don't even know if it's possible. You could help me because I haven't been able to do it. Why would you? Mm-hmm. And, and and so forth. So you, you've really got a coach. Once you get that kind of uh, uh, trust and, and belief where well, you can do anything now, you can really go to town. But until you have it, you're fighting your own curriculum and they're, they're those obstacles. What do they call them? The hurdles, the mental block that they have. Mm-hmm. A lot of businesses are transformational businesses. Like, for example, a diet center is an attraction brand in, in, in an manity, we would say. In, in most cases, but they have to convince the client that they can lose weight mm-hmm. because they haven't been able to do it. And now you got, you telling me your system does it. Oh, really? All this time. I never knew that. And it, it, what if you're a motivational coach, a life coach, a Tony Robbins type who says, I can make you better, stronger, faster, really? Cause no one else has been able to. Mm-hmm. So we all have these, these, these preconceived barriers to belief 
when it comes to, to the coaching. And one of the best ways around that that I've found is just irrefutable facts that the customer can look at and say, yeah, gosh, dang it, you're right. Mm-hmm. I cannot argue with that. That is so cool. And if you can get to that, now you're going to you got somebody that's going to follow you and do what you, you know, for at least for a while, right? And give a chance to make the change happen in them. Well, because what we're talking about is the difference between a salesperson selling a program, so whether or not it's a diet or a ticket to Tony Robbins or a coaching program. That's a sales thing that we're trying to trigger those emotions so that you will sign on the dotted line. Yeah. Then comes the consciousness part where we are in the program and now it's not easy and we're figuring out, oh, well, it's not a magic pill. It's not simple. I actually have to do work. <laughs> I'm paying somebody to tell me what to do or to at least help gu- to guide me through this. Or they're not telling me what to do because they're guiding me and I just want them to go do, 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 do. Or they go do, 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 and it doesn't work for me because I'm not fit that way. There can be a complete disconnect between what somebody has assumed they've bought due to emotional response and Mm -hmm. the program that they inevitably end end up in the middle of. So how can coaches and or any business actually, for that matter, trigger those emotions and use that emotional language to trigger an emotion? but ensure that they are managing those expectations so the customer is getting that emotion, what they really wanted out of it. So let's say I could tell you, you're you're a coach, mentor, teacher, trainer, consultant, um, maybe even an agency uh, level assistance, okay? And you're, you're in that position out there. What if I could show you a way that in five minutes, I'm talking five of your minutes, mm-hmm. you take an online, assessment. And at the end of the five minutes, I can show you every emotion that will cause a person to buy your form of attraction, your form of change, transformation, and improvement. I can show you all the words that will be involved. I can show you every word, every phrase and metaphor from the English language that will encourage that. I can show you the upsells. How do you get somebody who's already purchased to buy just a little bit more? Okay. I can show you the colors. I can show you the photos. I can, and we, I we have 200 million photos, access to that in, inside Admanity. We show you the everything, the upsells, the win back. What do you do when you lose a, an attraction customer? You lost a client. Oh, no. How do we get them back? Well, it's different. It's a different strategy to win them back. What do your ads look like? What should your funnel look like? What should your emails say? All that, I could give that to you in five minutes, and it would run your coaching business for the next 20 years unless you changed radically what you do. That would be true for any business we analyze, but I'm just using coaches right now because I know we, you have a bunch of them listening to the show. Um, and, and that's what we need more of in, 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 in all this marketing stuff that we get out there. Uh, another tool, another monthly fee, another, you know, another thing I got to go in and learn and, and do a bunch of training videos and, and you know, immerse myself into. Um, but what we really just want is, would someone just show me what works? Would someone just please do that for me? That's what I really want. You have to strip away all the, all the marketing talk. I just want something that works. I want to make money. I want to help people. Is that so hard? You no, know, it, it isn't. It's not, but it, it's a matter of understanding selling what you're going to be and keeping those expectations and keeping those emotions. And it's so hard when you think about, okay, I've got to sell because you know what it's like when you sell advertising and you're selling ads and that kind of stuff. You know, you're, you're depending on the team that you have or the person that you have or the type of salesperson that you got have in your toolbox, 
sometimes they're selling one thing and then they get to the, the coaching program or you don't even know that you have sold them on one thing because you think you've sold them on this thing over here, but you've actually sold them on this other thing over here. And now there's a disconnect. And then that's when those emotions kind of get all jumbled and you have problems. So how can we make sure that messaging throughout from beginning to end triggers those more emotions, make sure that people stay on, are getting what they need out of it. Like, because advertising is one of those things people go, oh, well, they, they made an advertisement for this. They said it was this, they, all of that, but I got there and it was the wizard behind the, behind the curtain. So how can we avoid that? Yeah. No wizard of Oz. What a bummer. <laughs> I mean, you can't just run an ad, put a big urgency close, you know, buy now, hurry while operators are standing by. We're running out of these, by the way. You won't be able to get one tomorrow. You can use those tactics to get somebody to buy, uh, but you better have a whole lot of warmth and comfort after that sale happens because they're going to start to realize, oh my God, what have I done? I've acted emotionally. I've bought on on impulse. Oh no, spent a thousand dollars. And so it's hard because so much of what is taught out there is exactly that type of tactic. Mm-hmm. And we're trying to almost bamboozle clients or potential clients because we know better what's good for them. Just get them in and we'll figure it out later because we know that we'll help them sooner or later. And what I would advise a customer or a client in this in this industry is everything that you used to attract the customer to your brand, the emotional triggers that you used would be the same ones that you would continue to use throughout the education process of your course or your your, your tutoring, uh, however long they're with you. What worked in the beginning is what will continue to work. In other words, we're going to share with you how things are going to be just ahead. Mm-hmm. The attraction brand is always in the future, just a little bit. It's always just around that corner. Things we're going to get to, the things you're going to be able to do. Hang on. Right now we're going through some curriculum. You're going to be able to do this. You set, you can sit, continue to set the expectation in the future for the attraction brand. It's almost always a future tense um, combined with present day teaching. And those emotions never get, nobody gets tired of them. Mm-hmm. Nobody gets tired of being optimistic about the future or knowing I'm going to have a superpower one day when this is all over with, or I'm going to be my at my ideal weight, or I'm going to be able to speak on stage like a pro or whatever the, the, the gift of your curriculum is. That's what they want. And I always say, if you're in marketing and you don't remember anything else about what I say, remember this, give people what they want and they will never stop buying. Mm-hmm. Give them what you want and watch how fast the credit card cancels. Okay. Just do that. Like just, you could even ask him, you say, okay, say the guy's name is Schmo. Hey, Schmo, what do you want? And Schmo will say, well, I want, I want it fast. I want it free. I want it guaranteed. I want extra bonus value. I want to be a a marketing God, when this is over with, I want all these things, you know, and list this ransom note and say, okay, Schmo, I could do five of those things right now. We'll work on those because the other four, quite honestly, are ridiculous, but I can find something on Schmo's list that is doable that they want and they will buy if they can feel that way. And so you've got to find what they want, not what you want. You've got a curriculum, you've got a price, you've got all these rules, you've got these you know, constraints you've set up for your coaching business. Take 10 minutes and just think subconsciously, what do these people want? If I could, if, if they could have their fantasy and I could grant that I could be the genie in the bottle, that's what will sell your program better than all the curriculum you have. It's hard to do, but you could do it. Especially if you're tapping into those emotions. And if you know which emotions you want to tap into right from the beginning, and you make sure that you continue to tap into them throughout the customer's journey, journey doesn't stop after it buys. Right. Just starting. 
that's like the end of chapter one, right? (laughs) Yeah, they're buying a journey. They have to be happy in the journey or the destination matters not, Mm -hmm. or they'll never see it. And either one's a bad you know, thing to look forward to. So the journey is everything if you're the attraction brand. It is the awesomeness of what I'm doing and how I can see the milestones going by in the rear view mirror. I'm actually knocking down some of these, these barricades for myself. It, it has to be that way. It has to be the milestones that you wanted in the beginning. And the, the coach is here to phrase things in those formats. Remember when you told me you, like, you didn't like this anymore? Well, guess what? We just fixed that. Mm-hmm. Remember when you said you wanted more of this? Well, didn't we just get some more of that? See how we're making some progress here. It's progress that matters, not the destination. The destination is always just a little ahead for the true attraction brand. Even if they get a certificate one day and say you've, you've completed all of our curriculum, they still want more. Mm-hmm. That's they why we watched James Bond whatever the latest next movie is. It's why we watch Harry Potter number 10 or 13 or 14. It's why we continue to watch Frozen over and over and over again. We are creatures of habit by design. We are not intellectual creatures having occasional fits of emotionality. We are emotional creatures having occasional occurrences of logic and conscious thought. And most of what you do during the day, they say that uh, you'll make 10,000 decisions today in your mind. And 80% of those decisions are the same ones you did yesterday. Mm-hmm. You know, I drove to work, I, bu- I brushed my teeth, I, I made breakfast, you know, the same patterns. We're all creatures of habit. You hear that. Well, it's true. And if you understand the patterns, then you understand how to change the future behavior. I can tell you my day today was upside down because I didn't do what I do regularly, where I wake up, I make my coffee, I sit down at my computer, I do this. No, I did a totally different thing. And I allowed other people's demands to get in front of my coffee, getting to, (laughs) and then all of a sudden I'm not feeling good. I'm tired. I don't know why. Oh, well, oh, I haven't had coffee yet today and it's new. Like I said, your subconscious is kind of like kids jumping on the bed. It's sort of the happy place Mm -hmm. um, in your mind. And they say your subconscious mind is about a five or a six-year-old in maturity. So it thinks at a level that's that simple. And when we get unhappy is when we're conscious. Oh, the bills, all the problems. Oh, what has my child done today at school? Oh, no. You know, all the things that we have to project might happen to us. That's the job of the conscious brain. It sets a reality that's no fun. Whereas your subconscious is a lot more fun. And that's why people buy more when they're subconscious, um, because it seems like a fun thing to do. Mm. Uh, Geico wants you to laugh and save money. That's all their whole message is. They don't care that you like insurance or not. And we know everyone hates insurance. But if you laugh and chuckle and you like our lizard, you can save a buck. Just one last question before we uh, go. How can a brand stand out? The easiest answer is just by doing it right. You'll be be ahead of 98% of the rest of the people uh, just by doing that. Uh, everyone else is copying everyone else who's doing it wrong. So the blue ocean of advertising is the to get back to the basics, to the primal snow, if, if you will, and, and start using emotions because that's where we're all, we're, we're emotional beings. We just can't avoid it. Mm-hmm. You show me a good emotional hook and I'm going to go for it. I can't stop it from happening. But if you show me a rational ad filled with facts and dates and figures and statistics, I can argue every single one of those right back at you. My conscious mind will come up with a way to say that's not true. And I don't know about that. And I don't trust you on that one because that's what the conscious mind does all day long. And it's good at that. 
and it's smart. So get back to basics. You want to be bigger than the rest of them. You want to be more successful and have a growth rate that uh, seems you know like an out of control runaway train. Then do what they're not doing. Be emotional. Trigger it over and over. Be single purpose. Do one thing unbelievably well. Charmin sold more toilet paper, telling people not to squeeze it. Don't touch our product. Please do not touch our product. What did everybody do? They went in and fondled the toilet paper and threw it in the cart. Genius, right? 20 years, they ran those commercials, 20 years. And they didn't talk about their toilet paper being better than anything or having more absorbency or any of that crap. They just said, don't touch it. (laughs) So don't do what the rest of the people are telling you to do. Go primal, get back to basics, bring out your inner caveman and give the people what they want. And if you want to, we have a free um, report that people uh, can download. If you go to admanity.com and by the way, folks, admanity is just advertising plus humanity. That's where we get the word admanity. Go to admanity.com forward slash how emotions sell all one word, how emotions sell. And you get a nice 20 page document showing you the, the, how we're doing this. How does this work? And if you you read that document, you'll be so much smarter than everyone else that's running around the countryside like chicken little. The sky is always falling for people who don't understand advertising. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you can decide if you want to get the full report for your brand and change your game forever. And I mean forever. Um, this is new. It's different. You haven't learned this in school. Schools doesn't teach this. We teach it. So get the free report. Go to our website. Check it out. Listen to some more podcasts. We got a bunch of stuff. I'm sure we'll have your podcast on our website as well, Shannon. So you know, it's thank you for um, letting me ramble on today. Hey, was, no, thank you for coming by and talking to me about advertising. There's nothing I love more than advertising. I've liked advertising since oh well, I was young. I really liked watching cartoons commercials. I wasn't running to the fridge or the bathroom during commercials. A little bit of an odd child. Uh, But it's a story and it's been able to tell a story in 30 seconds that I just loved about, about it. You know, when MTV came out and it was all about music videos and everyone at that time wanted to be a music video producer or director or something to do with the music video world. Kind of like now it's all the game gaming, right? Mm -hmm. It wasn't the music video that I was thinking about when I was listening to the music to figure out how would how would that look as a as a video it was the commercial piece how can I make this a story how can I make this a beginning a middle and end that will drive emotion and tell the story that will make somebody really love this yeah it's um it it have some fun with it folks if you're listening to this podcast right now tonight when you're going home and you're watching tv Try to do this, and and I do this, and I'm no fun at parties because uh, this is what I do. I look at the commercial and instantly just try to pull out one emotion of our 15. Okay, so you can go to our website. When the 15 are sitting there, you can see them. And then try to figure out, okay, they're selling uh, Doritos there. Which of the emotions are they trying to trigger in me with these words and these these crazy things that are happening on the screen? What are, are they trying to get me excited? Are they trying to get me tempted? Are they trying to get me greedy? Are they trying to get me happy? What are, what are they triggering? And you'll start to see how it's done. And you'll marvel in the simplicity of the message. Whereas if I was selling Doritos and I was uneducated, I'd be like, well, we first get the 
stone ground corn from the Great Plains of Iowa, and we make sure that it's harvested fresh in the from the rainy season, and then we give all love and we we hug the Doritos at night, and we make sure that they're loved, and you know nothing goes. And all the consumer sees in the commercial is you know, somebody happily just chewing away, or you know some funny thing happening. That's all they want to associate mm-hmm. something fun to the brand. Just like the brand, mm-hmm. you'll buy. We know you will. Just like us first, though. And you'll start to see how this works. And it's it's really interesting. And you'll start to feel smarter than the commercials, which is really kind of That's kind not of fun. hard. <laughs> That's not hard in a lot of cases when you know, like a lot of times with email, like you get the email ads or the Facebook ads or the commercials, you sit there and you know how they're trying to sell you. You can see the triggers and you buy it anyway. Thank you so much for coming by today and talking with me, Brian. And showing me or talking about ad vanity and introducing it to us so that anyone and everyone can learn what type of emotion their brand is and can keep in that brand on brand with their messaging. Well, thanks for having me, Shannon. And again, folks go to advanity.com forward slash how emotions sell, get your free report there. And then you can decide if you want to engage us and we'll help you, but it's just been an honor and a pleasure to be here today. And uh, everybody, Shannon gets this stuff. Listen to her podcast. She understands very intensely uh, what's going on out there. Thank you. Thank you so much for that. Listener, I hope that you enjoyed today's episode and learned something new. If you have any questions about advertising or you'd like to see Brian Gregory back on Brand Appeal, please drop by marketappeal.com, go into the community and let me know your thoughts. I really love advertising and I do enjoy talking about it. I do read a lot. I got a bit of a kick out of the fact that Brian brought up Charmin tissue paper and squeeze this Mr. Whipple. It is one of the many books that I have read on advertising. And while I was at my parents place this last week, I went through boxes and I mean boxes of stuff that they're storing for me and have been storing for me since my divorce almost 10 years ago. And I finally went through these boxes. And in that box were these books and I brought home, squeeze this Mr. Whipple, to reread and remind myself more about those things in advertising that really work. If there's someone out there that you know who knows a lot about advertising and you think would be a great guest for Brand Appeal, send them this episode and introduce me so that I can invite them on as a guest to help other people learn more about how to create an ad or even just to talk about the history of advertising, why we buy, what works, formulas, the story behind it, the images. Oh, you know, there's so many things to know about what makes a good ad a great investment for business. Well, if you like this episode and if you like Brand Appeal, I would beg, pray, ask. Ah, let's go back to beg. I want to beg you to write a review either on Apple or on Podcast Chaser or even if you just share it on social media. But make sure you tag me, because I would love to know that you're sharing it and that you like it. Until next time, peel out.